See what love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Would you all please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. I get a lot of really bad ideas in ministry. They happen all the time. And the foolishness that is myself is that I act on those bad ideas. Uh, years ago, I was trying to teach chapel time to a group of preschoolers, two, three, four, and five-year-olds. And I got the great idea that I was going to teach these young children about what it means to tithe. To tithe. You think teaching adults how to tithe is hard. Try teaching a four-year-old. So I gathered them together, and I, I divvied out candy, and I talked about how we have to share and all this sort of stuff. It really didn't hit home. Because before they even had a chance to do anything, they ate all the candy I gave them. They did not understand the biblical mandate for tithe. So I tried to pull it all together, and I told them to go in peace, and we prayed. And about an hour later, I went back down to the preschool for snack time. I loved going to preschool for snack time because when the kids weren't paying attention, I would steal their snacks. <laughs> and so I was down there for snack time, and usually the school had some food that we provided, but we also encouraged the kids to bring their own food. There was a young girl in the four-year-old class whose mother forgot to send her with her food that day. But she was so shy and so quiet, she refused to talk about it or even address it. So when I walked in the room, I saw nine of the children eating their food, and the young girl end of the table, silently staring at the table. And before I even had a chance to say something, I saw the other nine look at their own food, and they each took a portion off. And they started to pass it down. Such that within a minute, that young girl had her own snack, because the children had all given of themselves to help her. That's called tithing! And they figured it out. Even when I did a pretty terrible job trying to teach it to them. But children have this, this innocence, this beauty, this wonder that many of us have lost. In that same preschool class, uh, this was a church in San Virginia. San is in the Shenandoah Valley. San City itself is a very segregated town. It's very, very segregated. The white folk live on one part of the town. The black folk live on the other part of the town. And everyone pretends like it isn't true. But it is. And in the preschool, all of the children were white except for one young black boy. And his name was Marlon. And on the first day of school, the kids were all so excited, one of the boys ran out to his mother's car. He said, Mom, I made a new friend. And she said, well, tell me about him, honey. And he said, Mom, my new friend's name is Marley. And she said, well, I don't know who he is. What does he look like? They looked over his shoulder, and he said, he's wearing the blue shirt. Not he's the black one. He's wearing a blue shirt. Now, this isn't an argument to be colorblind or not to see color. We should see color because everything in the world sees color and acts like it's there. But he had not come of age in a world where his identity or others had been broken into a sort of stereotype. He had not been broken by the world to see people the way that we see people. He's the one wearing a blue shirt. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you do so there is this wonder and this joy and this beauty about children. About children. Uh, there are a couple people who have remarked that sometimes it's very, very uh, difficult to be in worship when we have children. 
And I understand that. I have a hard time sometimes too. But hearing children in worship is a great thing because it means the church is still alive. <laughs> that it is a wonderful and precious thing. I shared with you all last week that I was in the middle of the sermon when a toddler walked down this aisle and came up and put his arms up like this. And so I picked him up and just preached the rest of the sermon. And my arm felt like it was going to fall off five minutes later. But that's the beauty and the joy of children because they see and experience the world in a way that many of us have forgotten. And children are all part of families. Families. And there was a time when the word family, it meant a husband, a wife, 2.5 children, a dog, a cat, and a white picket fence. But frankly, that time never really existed. Regardless of Leave it to Beaver and the Andy Griffith show and even Happy Days, the family has never been normal for everyone. And it certainly isn't today. Families have and always will constitute a difficult and confusing set of relationships. There are families with children, and there are families without children. There are families that represent different races, different languages, and different cultures. There are families with two dads. There are families with two moms. The family is anything but ordinary. And for some strange reason, we call the church the new family. We might spend time in our lives debating who is in and who is out, whether it's in regard to our family or our communities or even our country. But here in 1 John, what Deirdre read for us, we get a corrective. It says, in the church, we are all children of God. Regardless of community or culture or race or ethnicity or sexual orientation or just about anything else, when we are here, we are family. We are here in the middle of the season called Eastertide. When Easter still shines brightly. And we have all these texts each and every week about what it means to be in relationship with other people. And we say that we are God's children. That doesn't mean it's easy. Particularly when we say things like, our church is a family. When all of us act like adults and we forget what it means to act like children. And the images of children in scripture, they're pervasive. They're all over the place. And for good reason. Children live and work and play with energy. They are not consumers sitting in pews waiting to receive something. They are drawing in their bulletins. They are climbing over the pews. They are even walking around the altar area. And even outside of church, in the schoolyards, in the playgrounds, that's where children live out their identities. They learn to communicate when something has gone wrong. They joyfully tug at one another. They make up new games and they play. They play, and they play, and they play. Everything children do is about navigating a world in which their identities are still being formulated. They are not content with being labeled and placed in any kind of box. They live lives based on a fluidity that most of us have lost. Because for some reason, when we become adults, our joyful play, it begins to fade away. And for some of us, it's completely gone. We just accept things the way they are. We make peace with the labels placed on us by society. We accept the love we think we deserve. We're comfortable with old relationships and we're afraid to forge new ones. We come home most evenings not thinking about what went well, but instead with thoughts about how everything fell apart. And more often than not, we'd rather relax than play. But not today. The children of God, that's us. 
They work out their identities and relationships with energy and commitment and patience and intensity. They do it all through play. In 1 John 3, this idea about being children of God, it compels us to actually see one another as children. It begs us to imagine a world where we can all play and learn and grow together. So I could fill the next 15 minutes with stories about how children play and come to inaugurate new visions of reality. I could share stories with you about my own childhood, ask you to remember your childhood, think about your imaginations, the games you made up. I could even preach a pretty good sermon about how when you're playing as a kid, you make sure everyone is welcome. You invite everyone so that no one's left behind. Or we could spend the next 15 minutes playing. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Now, I know this is going to be very uncomfortable for a lot of you, for most of you, except those sitting over there and there. This is going to be difficult because a lot of us have forgotten what it means to play, but that's what we're going to do. So I have a couple stations for us. Over here to your right is the Play-Doh station. I think I have 30 different cans of Play-Doh, all the colors of the rainbow. Uh, that, so that's the Play-Doh station. This is the competition station. There are 25 uh, of these blocks on either side. You have to pair up with a partner, and you have to go at the same time. If you ever, if you ever can build something with all 25 pieces before the other wins, because what says church like having a fight in a competition? This is the balance station. These are 10 blocks that have weird angles on them. I built this structure right before worship started. The idea is to take all 10 blocks and build them resting on one block and try to get it to balance. I promise it's not easy to do. Uh, this is the music station. I'll probably be spending a lot of time over here. We've got drums and gym bay, we've got jingle bells and tambourines and maracas and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then out here, we've got even more. drawing station. We have two tables with large pieces of paper, every color crayon you've ever heard of in your life. You can draw to your heart's content. So here are the rules. Here are the rules. There are no rules. Uh, except for the fact that you only get to do this for 15 minutes. Uh, so I'm not going to ring a bell when it's time to switch from station to station. It is your time. 15 minutes of play. Whether it means you want to play some music, or you want to balance some blocks, or have a competition, or play with Play-Doh, or draw with some crayons. I don't care what you do so long as you have fun while you play. So, on the count of three, one, two, three.
then what have we become? 